What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Construction Royalty Podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and today, man, we have a good friend of mine, Michael Jogolev, is on the show. If you're looking at this guy's pictures, if you look at his profile, like, this guy is fit as fuck, and he, over the years, he has incorporated health and fitness into um, his lifestyle, um, and he actually developed it back when he was in construction, working hands-on. Um, which is pretty cool, right? Because, like, nobody, like, that's pretty much unheard of, right? If you're in the trades, um, more than likely, either yourself or people around you that you meet, other tradesmen, are unhealthy. You know, they don't eat, they don't watch what they eat, they don't work out. And it's very crucial for you to do that in the trades because it's a very hard manual labor. And uh, this is why I was excited to bring Michael on here, right? Because he, gives you these nuggets on how to um, basically do what he's doing or what he has done over the years um, into, you know, whatever you're doing if you're working hands-on, right? Because it's super crucial for you to uh, focus on your health and fitness. But with that being said, guys, let's get to it. construction um, done a lot with drywallers window installers and then some uh, smaller remodelers so people that come in and obviously do room additions or mm-hmm. re- recondition both either TI or residential okay. and uh, so I know like we talked before and uh, you told me that you were in construction back in the day yeah so how did that like how, how did you get into construction at first I feel like like most people <laughs> uh, everyone in my family does construction so uh, my, my dad, my brother, my uncles, uh, even some of my aunts like do construction, so most of my family is in some form of building. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I wasn't the, the brightest kid, so I thought my only future was to work with my hands. Uh, I actually uh, you know, got kicked out of school at a young age, and so I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Because uh, my dad was like, well, you can't sit here if you aren't you know, doing something responsible. So I um, started working full-time at a young age and then transitioned into doing my own contracts when I was around 17, 18, and then did my own business from there in residential remodeling, did, then did uh, contract work for um, Sears, Best Buy, Lowe's, Home Depot, some of the other places just to feed work when recession hit and things got harder to find my own contracts, so I worked with them so they could feed me work. Um, did mainly installs and, and small like kitchen, bathroom remodels with them, um, and then transitioned out of that. And, Funny enough, most of my sales is in, or like consulting stuff is in health and fitness, but because of my background in construction, I have a small group of people that I work with for that because of familiar with the industry. Mm-hmm. So how did you like, or, or why did you like decide not to stop, to, to stop doing like, you know, hands-on construction by yourself and start, you know, working with the sales side? Uh, probably looking, looking to the future, uh, seeing, like I said, everyone in my family. So like, you know, 
uh, dad's uncle kind of, you know, wearing down on their body and so realizing that um, that was my future unless I changed something. And so not only was I not taking care of myself, I felt like, all right, but if I, if I stay in this industry long enough and beat my body up, especially like when I, when I was young, uh, you know, or younger and doing a lot of stuff, it was just like everything was brute force. Nothing was, nothing was necessarily done in a smart manner. And it was like, this, this will be very short-lived if I don't make changes. Uh, so it was transitioning, finding something that I could still love and be passionate about, uh, but not necessarily degrade my body. Um, and for me, like, building was always cool, but I guess I felt like I could take someone's, like, dream or vision and bring it to life, right? Especially if you're, if you're doing a remodel in someone's house, they'll tell you, like, exactly how they envision, like, master bedroom or bathroom or their dream house. It's like, this is exactly what I want. Um, and so to take something out of their head and bring it into reality was like that. I, I love that part of building. Um, and now I get to do that on the sales side with businesses. Like, I really want your business to look like and help them build that same thing. And so for me, like, that creation and bringing something to life um, is important. Yeah. So you, so you are very early on into construction. Like, you realized, hey, man, like, if I keep doing this shit, like, I'm going to start moving my body up. My body up. Yeah. That's something that, like, no, most of the people in construction, like, they never realize it. They just, like, kind of, like, keep going through that cycle, right? Well, I also think that sometimes it's hard to transition. I, like, I worked construction for probably about 15 years before I was like, all right, like, I'm, I need to <laughs> yeah. start doing something different. Uh, or maybe before fully exiting, right? Maybe 10 years, and I was like, all right, I should, I should change something. But um, I think the, the hard part with that is that construction, like, most of the time pays decent, Right. And so if you go from working with your hands and making a decent living, for me, like even myself, I battle like, well, if I'm not gonna do this, what else can pay me this well or better? Because like, I didn't have any other skill set, I didn't have an education. So like, I do think sometimes, even if people think that it's gonna degrade their body, they don't feel like they have a choice. Mm -hmm. It's like, what else am I gonna do? Yeah. At least I, I know a lot of people in my family, that's kind of how they felt. It's like, all right, like, this is how I make money. So like, they're willing to sacrifice their body because they don't have any other choice. And have you ever, like, decided or tried to help, you know, somebody with, you know, taking care of the body and, you know, still doing construction hands-on? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, like, uh, I, I still maintain a small roster of people that I work with, like, personally for health and fitness. Because mm -hmm. um, one of the things I did when I got out of construction was I, I opened a brick-and-mortar gym, built it up, and then sold it. So um, I, I have a small roster of people that I work with, and most of the people that I work with are business owners. So a few in the construction space and a few in other spaces, um, and just helping them to to prioritize like one, growing their business, but then also taking care of themselves. There's no point in building an amazing business or amazing life if they're not around to be able to enjoy. Yeah, it. And sure. a lot of times, like when you are a business owner, you're willing to sacrifice everything for your business, and sometimes like that cost can be too great. So figuring out how to manage all of them. And do you ever like try to help them? kind of like spread that information towards their employees or um, or do they like care to do that? Because I, I mean, feel like a lot of business owners don't, like a lot of, yeah, like the business owners of whatever, you know, whatever trade it is, they, they don't really, I guess they do care about their employees, but they don't even like try to, you know, help them, you know, get better, like with their health and fitness. For sure. Um, I also like want, like, I don't impart anything or like force anything. Like, oh, you should yeah. be doing this just because like that never works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can't make some change if they're not willing to change. I do think that a lot of, a lot of times when, when the leader takes charge, that other people will start to follow suit. Um, and I do think in, in construction, sometimes it's just that, um, 
you know, they, they know that their guys are, are work really hard and the men and women are work really hard. And then, so it's like, they know that like, oh, outside of work, they just want to relax or have a drink or do whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, to some degree, they don't think that it's, it's worth the effort. Right. Cause like their guys have their way of doing it. Cause I have had a conversation with uh, a handful of people in the industry, like, Hey, like, you know, your guys would definitely benefit from it. And they know they would benefit. They just don't think that they would do it because at the end of the day, they're tired. Um, and so it's like, right now there is nothing that is forcing them to change. So they're cool with you doing whatever they're doing. And like, I know I was there for, you know, a, a long period of time. Uh, Cause it was like, after work, all I wanted to do was, you know, have a beer and, you know, swing by the taco shop and do nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? So um, I think when the person's ready, they'll make change. Uh, and I, but I do think having uh, someone, even like yourself that um, has a high priority for fitness, it does bleed at, down into culture, uh, but it's really hard to shift a culture that's already there just because the leader decides to prioritize health. Yeah. So it's kind of like too, like where you, we say like, man, I just want to like, you know, have a beer and, you know, sit at the taco shop. Yeah. So that's kind of how, I'm guessing that's how you started with your, like what you do right now, man. Like I see you post on social media. Just <laughs> all, all the posts is just food, man. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I definitely love food. Uh, and so when I work construction, I, I got to be very unhealthy. Uh, so, uh, and that's kind of what transitioned me over into the health industry or health, wellness, fitness, like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and that was because like I, from the time I stopped like going to school and started working full time, it was probably about a year and a half, I gained a hundred pounds. And it was just because I was, um, I was, I was working all day and then after work, I was like, all right, like I'm, I want to, you know, have some beers. I wasn't old enough to, but you know, same thing. Like my, my dad was like, all right, you, you, you work like a man. Do you do whatever you want after work? As long as it doesn't affect work the next day. Yeah. Um, so I started drinking heavily at a young age, which, and then that led to poor eating choices, like whatever. Um, and so like, I still enjoy beer. I still enjoy good food. It's just like figuring out how to do it in a way that like complements my body versus using it as an escape because I had a rough day. Um, and so, yes, like. Love, love food and, and when I work with people in regards to health and wellness, it's about helping them utilize the things that they enjoy to get the result that they want versus trying to lighten up and avoid them for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So have you ever like tried to, um, I guess like not help like an actual individual, like just, you know, one-on-one -on -one kind of thing, but help like a, like a team together? In, in, in what regard? In like a, like just like a certain company, right? Like going like, Cause I know you do like a lot of coaching that's like one-on-one, -on -one, right? Yeah. So like instead of doing one-on-one, -on -one, just going like at, like towards, we're going for teams, like, you know, certain companies. For, for sales side of things? Or no, like fitness? the, yeah, for fitness. Um, Try to like help them still, you know, enjoy like the beer, the donuts, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, kind of like find that balance of like how much to eat and stuff like that. For sure. So, um, more so when we had the gym, like when we had the physical location, uh, we had partnered with a couple companies that were close by that were local. And so what they would do is they would pick um, 15 to 25 employees at any given time to go through it. And so we tested out the first 25 and made sure that it was all good. Um, and then we just like cycled through a bunch of their employees until we got through, you know, a couple hundred employees. Um, and so, yeah, um, we have, I haven't done like a whole company at once. And so the, the most that we've taken on at one time was like 35 people in a, in a company to help them kind of make changes. And so that was, you know, like... My mindset, nutrition, fitness, all of those things, just so they can have a more of a holistic approach to making improvement versus like, you know, being super restrictive with a diet or white line, red lining in the gym or doing whatever. So it's just like helping them like truly change versus see what they can do in a couple weeks.
Did you notice any, or were you told, I guess, by, by the bosses, were you told of any like improvements they made on the feed, on the on the site? For sure. So, uh, and that was like the the first company that we did it with. Um, they they wanted to put twenty five people to to kind of like prove concept, right? It's like, oh, I get this works. Um, and like obviously, like when when we were talking with them, it was like, all right, cool. Like the better they feel, like they you know they'll be more productive employees, have more energy at work, all that, like whatever that everyone thinks will will come with it, but. That did actually happen, and then it also made the company a little bit um, of a tighter community, especially like the groups that went through it together, um, because they had kind of learned and grown and like forced each other to make progress throughout it. Um, they worked better as a team, and so like not only did it help with like energy level at work, productivity, focus, and then also like just like you have a different like frame of mind, your perspective towards everything changes, right? So like. Um, they became a little bit more critical thinking when it came to work, but they also worked better as a team because they had overcome physical challenges together. Mm, yeah, so when it was like that, that, whenever they experienced like the blood, sweat, and tears together, right? Like that builds like that brotherhood or sisterhood together. For sure. So like, a, you know, you just did your first Spartan race. Like, like <laughs> yeah. When you, when you get, like, if you run it with someone, getting through that with somebody is a, is a bond that you can't necessarily get anywhere else. And so I think overcoming any adversity with someone else creates a connection that you can't necessarily get in a perfect situation. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what, what we talked about, like the other two guys, I mean, you know, yeah. and uh, we talked about like, man, we gotta get all these, like, our team, <laughs> we gotta get a, a, a team, like RTA team, yeah. right? And, and, you know, just because the other race is gonna be here in yeah. Austin in May, I think, and then October is in Dallas. So we're like, man, like, there's a lot of people at these cities. So let's just get a team together, and then that way we can, like, you know, build up like that relationship together, and yeah. you know, struggle together, push together. For sure. Yeah. It is a it is a great experience like that, and I know, uh, like, you, you probably know me and my wife met at an obstacle course yeah. race, um, <laughs> and then we got married at World's Toughest Mudder, and so like part of like when we were getting married, coach was leading it because uh, he was ordained, he was on that married us. Uh, uh, he was like, it, it, part of his thing on the vowels were like, there's there's no bond greater than one that's formed in the mud. Like, that's what they said for our, our marriage. That's, but it is true with anything. Yeah. <laughs> so what's up with the, with the sweating races you're done? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I joke with my nephew, like, he's probably the only person that could get me back on course. He's currently six. We've done a couple races and he was even younger. And recently, he told my sister, he was like, oh, like, when are we going to do another one? I was like, ah, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I love the races. I love the community. It's something that, uh, definitely changed my life. Cause that was probably one of my entry points into like physical fitness. Cause I think I probably saw a YouTube video when they first came out. It was like, Oh man, like, uh, being a construction worker and having drinkers, like, Oh, like I could do that. Right. Um, and I was way wrong, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was like, all right, it gave me something to shoot for. Um, and I didn't necessarily need a lot of skill to accomplish it. I just needed um, kind of a great work ethic and grit to be able to suffer through it, right? And so for me, it was like, all right, like if I can, if I can, you know, suffer through this and make progress, then great. And so like that, uh, that kind of bled over into wanting to actually do better instead of just suffer through it. Um, and I raced for probably five or six years. We've done hundreds of races, like for a while. Like when me and my wife first met, we almost raced every weekend and sometimes multiple races per weekend. Um, and so like at this point. I have no, no. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not against it, but I also like uh, we're always big on like, all right, like bigger, better things. What's next? What's new? Like, um, we've You're done your fresher. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, I didn't I didn't realize what I signed up for until I got there. <laughs> I, I was waiting in the, the registration line. And I was like, damn, dude, like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Like, I didn't even look into it. Like, Ryan just told me, like, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to do the Spartan race San Antonio. Um, you down? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do it. But I, had, I had a similar, like, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into because I had, like, uh, you know, a bunch of drunken nights watching YouTube. It's like, oh, like, let's, this would be awesome. Uh, but I wasn't serious about actually doing it. Yeah. And then one of, our, one of our buddies had put, like, a small group of, of people together. Um, was gonna run uh, a race, and then like two or three weeks before the race, all everyone that was gonna run with him backed out. So he was like, "Oh, like you know, I'm just gonna run it solo." I was like, "Fuck, like I'll go with you. Like, like I'm not gonna let you run by yourself." Yeah. Um, and so like I didn't really have a lot of time to prepare, and I kind of knew what I was doing, but I wasn't serious about training for the first race. And the first race, like, I uh, was definitely more about just like grit and like, all right, like willpower to get through it. Um, in so I mean it was in Southern California so it doesn't get too cold but it was one of the coldest races there so it was in Malibu it was just below 30 degrees and the first thing we had to do was get into water we had to like break through ice to get in the water and swim so oh, this is not Southern California yeah uh, and then the rest was like uphill but downhill <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was uh, it was a good time yeah yeah dude like the I guess like something that I learned from there is like. I didn't really like research anything, so I wasn't like expecting certain obstacles. I was just like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm gonna get like a little bit mud and yeah. you know here and there, and you know we're good. Like I didn't even, I don't even think I took a towel yeah. or changing clothes. Um, but then I saw a dude with like scratches in his back, and I'm like, damn, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and then like some of the yeah, one of the first like obstacles was getting underwater, and then I see people like going all around it, it's like nah, fuck that, like I'm not doing that, so they just go around the barrier. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, if they're willing to, like, not go underwater, yeah. it's just, like, something fairly simple. Like, you know, what what can they what can they actually do, right? Like, they're going to be cutting these corners, like, everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I think, um, I think do tra does translate over into, like, the industry or anything in life, right? Like, um, and that's one of the things that Joe said, the guy that started Spartan was really big on, which is why, like, technically, if you can't complete an obstacle... Um, there's a penalty, right? So you're supposed to do burpees, and now I think they have like penalty loops that you can run for certain things. Um, but his mindset behind that was that like, in life, you're gonna run up on things that are challenge you, and maybe you can't get through it, but like there is a price that you will have to pay before you can move forward, like if you actually wanna move forward. And so it's like, people, you know, run into shit in, in their life, and it's like, if they're not willing to pay the price to advance, then they're just going to be stuck there. Um, and you can't just walk around obstacles in life. And so, like, if you don't take the direct path, there's something that it's going to cost you if you actually want to move forward. Um, and I do think that that translates very well to, you know, working in the industry or anything in life. It's like, all right, cool, like, this is a challenge. Can I face it head on? Or, or what other options do I have before I can actually advance? Yeah, I think that's huge in construction especially because like same thing like I grew up you know dragged into the industry right <laughs> into the electrical field when I was 10 yeah. so I'm 27 the 17 years that I've like been around yeah. tradespeople, and most of them are just small companies so it's like whenever I guess they hit like a certain point right they're like you know they don't want to do anything else because I guess they feel uncomfortable or yeah. you know they're just scared so they kind of like, you know, stay there, right? They, they don't try to find a way around the, the barrier. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's just a matter of like, uh, you know, counting the cost or asking like, what is the price, right? And so like, even if it is with growing a company and they, they have a, 
um, you know, a sales cap or a capacity in regards to handling a certain amount of jobs. It's like, all right, well, we only have five guys, so we can only handle this many jobs. It's like, well, what if you had 10 jobs? Like, what if you had 10? What would you do, right? Um, and if you ask the appropriate questions, eventually you'll find the appropriate answer. It's like, all right, well, I would need more guys. All right, how many guys, right? Um, or if you had a revenue target, same thing. It's like, all right, we, we always get stuck at, you know, uh, $200,000 a month. It's like, all right, cool, like, what would it take to hit, like, what would you have to do if you wanted to double that? Or even just get an extra $50,000 a month. Um, but most people will, will settle for a cap because life is good enough, right? Even with, like I was saying, with like, most people that get stuck or stay in construction, not necessarily out of a de desire, it's just that, like, what else am I going to do, right? Um, and so they, they identify something as a, a ceiling for them, and they just stay below, below it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I feel like even if they would want to get bigger and get more work, Feel like they just I don't know man like they're just like nah you know I don't want to do that yeah so they settle yeah it's like, oh, this is good enough and if you pitch them like the idea like yeah I can get you more work they'll be like yeah that's cool but I guess like they don't want to like manage too many things yeah right so they're just like so do you help do you help or do you have like clients that are like that do you like help them like break the barriers or? yeah and so most of the time it's just a matter of like helping them identify what life will look like moving forward because I think people look at things they go like, all right with my current situation. This is how life looks, and it's like, all right, if you're managing twice as many people, your distribution of time and energy is probably going to be a little bit different. Um, and so helping them see what that looks like, because most of the time people are just like, all right, like, I'm not willing to double my output. I was like, well, you don't necessarily have to double your output. They want to work right? harder. Yeah, and, or they think that's the only option, right? So it's yeah. like, all right, cool, like, sometimes violence is the answer, and just putting in more effort works, right? Uh, but you do get to a breaking point where you have diminishing returns if you just, like, push harder. And so it's identifying, all right, cool, like, what does it actually look like for you to do this? Or what's the life that you want? And then helping them kind of lean into that. Um, or outsourcing it, right? It's like, all right, if you want to grow, there's certain things that you could potentially outsource. Like, you're not stuck here if you want it to go. Um, but also, like, so you, can't, you can't force people to change if they're not willing to change. So it's like, all right, cool, like, what is something that you actually want? And a lot of times people will say they want more than they actually have. And so just challenging that. So do you actually want that? Or do you, are you cool with the way you're at? Because if you're cool with the way you're at, that's fine. Just stay there. Um, but don't say you want more and then don't actively try and pursue it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, what's, like, after, like, or I guess I'm trying to say, like, with what you're doing right now, like, what's, like, the next step or what are you trying to do more, you know, for the industry more than what you're already doing? Yeah. Um, I think that the, the biggest thing for me when I work with someone, especially in the industry, is to, um, to, to help them get to a point, like regardless of any revenue, regardless of whatever, just get to a point where they can, they can predictably make the income that they want, right? Because I do think that like, at least for me growing up in the industry, it was one of those things that like everyone kind of joked that it was like feast or famine, right? Like when work is work, like when work is there, you, you take advantage because sometimes it dries up, right? Um, and that's not necessarily something that I think people like, you shouldn't stay there for life, right? Um, and so like getting to the point where you can say, Hey, look, I, I, I need or want to make this much money. So I can, you know how versus like just being at the mercy of because of the phone rang, right? So being able to predictably get the amount of jobs that you want, whatever that looks like financially for you. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's kind of like, you know, you're just waiting for that phone to ring. Right. Yeah. And like, if, if, if it rings, like you answer it. Yeah. Like, so, and I guess like if you miss it, if you miss a call, you're just like, oh shit, yeah. I call the person back. So you're just like. Um, like you're you're craving like that phone call instead of like you're saying like predicting like yeah. what you want. And so it's it's potentially a little bit more reactive and when there's nothing to react to, yeah. you don't really know what to do, right? 
but that also means that you're not really in control of your, your business or your quality of life, right? So like you could potentially be in a little bit more control um, if you build enough of a financial cushion to where it's like, oh, you're not going to be struggling if you don't have work, but um, if you can't consistently get work, like what about, what, like especially if you have really good guys, like what about them? Like what happens when work dries up? They may not be able to wait around like you can just because you built yourself a cushion, right? Um, so being able to know like, all right, cool, like these are the steps that I take to lock in a job with confidence. Um, and one of the things that I see a lot in the industry is that like, there's kind of a lot of just like rolling the dice, like try this, try that, try this, and like every once in a while something works, but there's nothing, uh, most companies don't have a specific way of like, I do this thing, this results in a con, like a, a consult, and, this, and then this many consults results in a booked job, right? Um, and having a clear outline for that allows you to be able to be in control and know like, all right, cool, if you did want to scale up or grow, you know exactly how much action you have to take on the front end to drive the result on the back end versus like, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put, you know, like my, I know one of the things that we used to do back in the day, but like now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's horrible, but whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, so it was just like, you know, advertising in, uh, you know, small local magazines or like in San Diego, there was one called Get One Free. So it's like, oh, we put stuff in there or we would hit a trade show or we do different things. And it was all kind of sporadic and every once in a while it would work out. Um, but there was nothing that was like, all right, when I do this, this is my actual return. And so the work was always as, as sporadic as our attempts to get work. So it's just, yeah, like back in the day when we were doing that, you're just like throwing shit against the wall, right? Yeah. Hoping it'll stay yeah. as far as like, instead of doing like creating like systems, right? Processes yeah. and, you know, shit that like produces the result that you want. Yeah. So you can drag the result that you're looking for versus just being like, all right, hopefully someone has a house and shit breaks so I can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I get a car. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's like breaking my head right now, dude, because like, I, like I, I'm still like trying to create like these process systems and processes stuff and like while I'm like trying to do them right like I'm trying to write, write them out on the laptop and stuff I'm thinking like damn dude like you know without these like fucking everything's chaos yeah like I don't know how like my dad still has his electrical business back home but he doesn't have like yeah. you know systems and processes right like he's at the job site most of the time and then like well his guys already know what to do yeah so he's had the same guys for years and they already know what to do, so it's like their systems are in their head, yeah. kind of thing. But like, if someone to quit, if he gets you guys, like, they, he doesn't really know. They yeah. don't really know what to do. Yeah. So it's like, man, like I don't know how these fucking people can just like juggle all this shit without fucking <laughs> systems like that. Yeah. Well, because like I said, they have it all in their head, and they never think that like to, to stop and put it out on paper. That way, they don't have to be the person that someone turns to when they have a question, right? Yeah. Um, but like you know, like. Like you were saying, it, it is important to outline and say, all right, cool, like what are the things that I do to like even like start to finish from the time you lock in a job to completion, right? Like everything needs to happen in regards to, you know, like material takeoffs or making sure this, communicating with the customer, like all of those things should definitely be documented. Um, but I mean, even before that, like the steps that you take as a business owner to make sure that contracts get signed is probably more important than what happens after you get it done, especially for someone like your dad or like, yes, guys that that know what they're doing, like who from cares, like cut them loose, because like, they know what to do. Um, but you have to know like the steps that you have to take in order to give them work that they need, right? If you're just gonna cut them loose, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like he, he was just telling them like, you know, there's a job to, you can shut your job over there. Yeah. You know, like every guy, he'll have like four guys on site. So every guy does like a certain thing. Yeah. So every house is the same thing. Yeah. Like every house, the same guy does the same shit. Yeah. So it's like, that's their system, right? That's their like processes. Yeah. But like you're saying, like if they get cut loose, it's like, you know, what do the new guys do? Yeah. 
kind of thing. So, but like when I, when I'm writing like these processes down, I'm just like, like I'm visualizing like how the fucking company's gonna look like once everything's dialed in. Yeah. It's like damn, dude. Like I don't have to like micromanage. I don't have to do like all. I mean, I'm still gonna be there, right? Like you know, helping out and stuff. But like I don't have to micromanage like all these other people that are like I've seen. It's like, dude. I don't know. My fucking just like head becomes clear. For sure. Well, and also too, like with that is. Uh, when, when you train someone in that fashion, it's really nice because like whenever they have a question, they know to refer to potentially training materials versus mm -hmm. you, right? If, you, like, if you're the source of all knowledge, then you're also the biggest bottleneck in your business, right? Because then every time anyone has a question, they come to you. Whereas like if someone gets started, you're like, all right, cool, like you show them how to do it. It's like, hey, if you have any questions, like they'll be answered here. Like you show them where to go to look for it. Um, then they'll learn how to critically think and how to source answers for themselves. So they'll actually be trained a little bit faster. Um, well, it's a little shorter in the beginning, but then long term, like uh, they have, they can grow a lot further because like they know how to solve problems for themselves versus running into something. But like, all right, let me ask the boss, and if you're not there, yeah. we'll wait and find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever like tried helping anybody with uh, well that or creating um, like videos, right? Like training videos that way they can like a new hire comes in, they go through the training. Yeah. If they need anything, you know, the training is there to just rewatch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I, 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 I've created plenty of that for ourselves. Like when we, ha when we had the gym, we did that. Like we did video trainings for every position that we had. Um, so we had a like, um, you know, an, an employee portal that they went in. They went mm -hmm. through everything from you know the, the time a customer walked into a door to the door to when they left. Uh, but I've also helped other other companies that for themselves and one of the things I've actually filmed other ones for companies as well and so like um, if I'm coming in for a sales process um, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll outline the process we'll get it all good and then I'll go back and I'll film it um, because like we built it together I've trained them on it and then I create training materials for other people to go back and that way anytime they have someone new come in they can run through the process right um, so we build a process together and then I create a video series training people on it. Most of the time that's more like foundational. And so it's probably like seven to ten videos of just like basics um, for the business, like fundamentals, higher level things. And then um, there's documentation provided by the business owner to get more in the weeds. But in the beginning it's just like, all right, cool, here's these seven, seven to ten videos that outline this process for sales. Do you see a lot of people or a lot of companies doing that or it's like that's kind of... I guess like the new wave or the next like thing is like creating these videos. Um, I don't think it's new. I think that like because I think like successful companies have been doing it for years. Well, yeah, I just think that, yeah, I just think that um, people have you know greater access to information and easier ways to, to to record than they did in the past. And so yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like um, I'm Mr. Twenty Pack on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the fun stuff. Yeah. So that's the easy way to, to reach me. Yeah, sounds good, man. So we'll link everything on the, in the video and the show notes of the podcast. Cool. So people can easily find you. All right. Have a nice day.